What is what? What's going on? Who are who, we? Who are you guys? Who are we? What, oh my God! I haven't seen you in, in in years. Oh, oh God! Jesus. Oh, there it is. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DM Nuggets Podcast. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Oh my God! It feels so good to be what back. A ha- what a hearty pent-up air horn that was. Mm. <laughs> it's like a pinched microphone. <laughs> <effects>. <laughs> yeah. We're in Studio B today because we're wearing shorts, and Eric doesn't like to look at our legs. No, it's not that I don't like to. It's that the audience at large doesn't, and they won't tell you to your face, but they'll tell me. Everybody, every time we're here, you can just assume our pants, our legs are just shining. In yes. The yeah, or, that's the point. The Studio B is for Studio Bare Legs. Not to take too much away from the imagination, I'm wearing sandals as well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Toes just everywhere. It's you, unbelievable. Actually, maybe you should show because I'm sure the picture in their head is much worse than the, the reality. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, well, exciting news. Vote and I are back. <laughs> <laughs> that's, pretty, so that's pretty exciting, right? Uh, yeah, we'll let the people not so close to the situation decide. <laughs> hey, well, you guys in the chat decide uh, whether or not that's cool, <laughs> not cool, unclear at the moment. Chat really popping today, by the way. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> we got one going on here. I assume we are live, I think. Um, I, we have a really good show for you guys today. Um, because Vote and I have not been here to share our takes, you, I don't know if you feel this way while you're on vacation. Some story pops up and you're like, mm. I want to chime in. Sometimes, yeah. And then, like, you know, I hear the guys talking about it. Very good job. By the way, shouts to Harrison hosting the shows last week with different guests. Did a fantastic job basically sol- soloing that throughout the week. Um, so, shouts to him. But there were things that I was like, I want to chime in. I want to give a take. So we're going to do some of that. That's what it is to listen to the podcast. Like people, all, that's yeah. people tell us they're like they they weren't they're like, ah, yeah. and they can't talk to us. Yeah, because we we can't be reached. Dude. We we're, can't be reached, man. <laughs> um, we're also going to talk. I had a, a very interesting question. And there's a reason for the prompt. We'll get for the reason later. But what is Jokic's signature playoff series? Does he have one? Does mm. Jamal Murray? Mm. I think the answer is yes. Do the Denver Nuggets as a team, and then later on. Who better? This crew. You know, sometimes you think about the configurations. What should you be doing? Updated hot box and hot takes. A good crew for is that. Is that a good crew? This is oh, a good crew good. for the brightest time. Bro, right? this is a this is the Keith clan. Let's introduce the Keith clan. Make right sure now. you make sure you include Keith. Don't just call us the clan, please. If we're the Keith, I was gonna say <laughs> if there was one clansman that I would say <laughs> is the most clansman of the group. Keithman, Keithman. No, I've been back for four minutes. It's D-Live. Let's go. Uh, guys, I feel almost complete, dude. Voltron has been put back together. He's just missing his well, now arms. Win, now wins on the game. Well, I'm saying, like, <laughs> we at least have the, we have the torso, one of the legs. Yeah. Um, you can at least imagine what it looks like. Then over there, in sandals, sipping <laughs> on a coffee, it's Britain Vote. Oh, my God. A long break, and I just want to say I'm really glad that we could come to terms on this five-year $304 million extension. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy to be here with you guys. I literally and... I can't, I can't believe that news broke on the day you came back. Was, <laughs> Actually, some, why don't we start there? there are some, Jalen Brown. I have to say quickly, just there are some things that have happened over the last year that I feel like that tells us that God favors, yeah, favors us in some totally. ways. The Jalen Brown news drops the day vote comes back. This is, a, please, by all means. Well, it's, it's great because... I kind of think they had to do it. <laughs> and, I, and I and listen, I think they had to do it, and I don't think anyone feels that great about it. It's a lot of money for a guy that is probably a second-best player on a team that hasn't yeah. won a title yet. Yeah. Um, can't dribble with his left hand. You know, It's a lot of money. All, all jokes aside, I do think there is a sort of raw shock value thing to this that we all just have to get used to. Yeah, of happens every time. A series of the new highest player of all time, and some of these guys, highest paid player of all time, some of these guys will not be the best players of all time. And so you're just going <laughs> to see these numbers going up. So um, there's some raw shot value to it, but I also just love to see the Celtics kind of stuck in a, in a, a tough place with a timeline and, and no rings to show for it so far. Yeah. It is hilarious, too, that it's Jalen Brown. For some reason, it's just the perfect... Like, if it was Tatum, we would have our own laugh or chuckle or whatever, but it's like, all right, that's the guy. But it's it's Jalen Brown. It's the other guy. And the fact that, yeah, it's the highest paid of all time. I will say this. The more we get into this, the Supermax really doesn't make sense, man. 
Because you know how we have the max contract and we're like, how is LeBron and Jalen Brown somehow the same category, right? There's only like a handful of players that really are quote unquote max guys. Jokic, of course, one of them. But then there's the super max now, which like somehow includes Bradley Beal and like all of these secondary players where you're like, if you have a Jokic or a Giannis, the super max is great because you feel like, hey, we get to keep our cornerstone guys. But it also forces you to keep your guys that you're like, ah, it's the guy we're stuck with, not the guy we want. And Jalen Brown's kind of that. I know. This is like a little bit what uh, Austin Rivers was alluding to when he was talking about the new deal that they signed. Just yeah. It's so top heavy. The guys that are like the big players on the team get so insanely overpaid. I cannot believe Jalen Brown is the current highest paid player in the NBA. Right. Think about that. Of all time, you mean? Yeah. Of all time. Yeah, of all time. <laughs> of all time. You're right, though. I mean, it, it is. Isn't it, it like it $70 in... million dollars potentially one year? The $69 million? <laughs> I do think that something like the summer before that year. He should work on the left. <laughs> I know. Well, what does he care? <laughs> I mean, right. He's like, I have money's already That's in the so account. True, man. That's so true. Uh, it's it's absolutely insane. And it's also you look at the Denver situation now, and there are so many beautiful things about winning a title, but one of them is the lack of stress and hand wringing over some of the inevitabilities of how this stuff plays out. Yep, right? right. Jamal Murray is going to get a lot of money. He's already made a lot of money. He'll make more money right. again. He's and he's due to make a lot of money. And with a title being on the other side of a title, you just don't sweat that. You just don't fret that. What it just do doesn't matter. He was good enough. Yeah. He was this, and even care? if they never get it done again, you know, the argument is is black and white, right? It's there. And the Celtics, for all the success that they've had with these two guys together, they have not turned that final corner. And on one hand, well, you got to pay your guys. He's their second best player. You pay him, it's easy. On the other, $304 million to a second best player and you haven't won yet. That's not actually an easy pill to swallow. So, you know, winning changes everything. And this is just another example for Denver, you know, of how this timeline could look different without that title. <laughs> totally. I will say the other aspect of this with Jalen is that there are great players, a la Carl Anthony Towns, who aren't necessarily like easy to root for if it's your favorite guy. And for me, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but Jalen Brown is pretty far on that ex- uh, extreme for me as well. Where like I also just wouldn't be that excited to be like that's our guy, like this is the one we have to pull for. I he's he's a little bit in that category for me where I don't believe in his talent at that level. I do think he's a great player, by the way. We're of almost course. sometimes yeah. we undervalue these guys. It's not his fault. Always, he qualifies yeah. for the super max, and they had to right. give it to him, right? Right. But there's so there's that aspect of the player. Like, is he a guy that you just feel like, oh, I know I'm going to win with this guy, or I really believe I'm going to win? But then there's the second layer of like, just do I like this guy? He seems to hate Boston. He gives no, never gives passes up a chance to like shit on his own fan base and city, and just generally generally seems to be a prickly guy who doesn't seem to like a lot of things. So I think there's that aspect of it too. We're so lucky that we have Yoke, oh, yeah. the supreme guy. That's like funnest guy to root for. We felt like we believed from the early days that we can get a championship and we were rewarded. And then even Jamal, man, like even Jamal, who can qualify this year for a Supermax, who is a little bit to me in the Jalen Brown category where he's not a guy quite yet, where I'm like, that can be a number one on a title team. But you know what? Fun as hell to root for. It's true. And we actually don't know what, like maybe they have found their big three. Maybe Kristaps Porzingis actually, you know helps them to get to the next level. I don't know. I mean, Either way, that, that sucks, though. It does suck, but I, it's tough for them because they had these two guys they brought together when they were super young and inexpensive, yeah. and they've gotten to the point where it's like, oh, wow, they're the best team in the East, which yeah. is a very yeah. not a very you know impressive thing to say. But, like, what do you do? I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I the this is what they definitely is. expected to have one by now, too. Yeah, this yeah. is, I mean, this is what it is oh. to, to, to look at. I think they had two and they counted like four years ago. I was like, well, Celtics will probably win two of the next four. Yeah. yeah, but this is what it is to look down on the league from oh, a vantage so point. True. Like, look at what all of these little people do. Look at these decisions they make. So like, funny. how funny. <laughs> uh, it is great. Uh, I want to, so here's another take from the other day that I, that I really enjoyed but wanted to discuss with you guys. Harrison Wynn to Andy Bailey, given hot takes, and they predicted, or Andy, I should say, predicted, that Jokic will average fewer than 20 points per game. Now, admittedly, these were supposed to be hot takes, so he was supposed to be a little aggressive. But I saw it, as I heard that, I was kind of like, man, that's crazy, and then I thought about it, and I landed on, I do think that's still crazy. I I think that Jokic, we do this every year. This is the Miroslav... uh... 
but but his reasoning was he thinks it's going to be like a a tw- like a nineteen point nine. 11 point rebounds, 11 assists. Like it won't even be close to the triple double will be secured by January. I see. But so he's just going to basically not try to score. Yeah. He's not going to, yeah. He's going to like take it to an extreme. But it's, this this is the thing we keep hearing like, well, obviously he has his guys to defer to. So he'll clearly be the top scorer in the, fin- <laughs> in the finals on the team. Like it just doesn't have, it is. But the- that's the playoffs. Like that's almost different from regular season to playoffs. I can't see it. Me neither. I try to see. We keep every to. year. We're like all, I bet it'll be different. It is different. He's better. He scores more. Like uh, he, uh, last year, what was the dip between the, the year two prior? Two points, I think, two and a half or the, something like that. Like, how different is it going to look this next year? You think, I think he's going to another dip? He would have to make a concerted effort. Yeah, to, he'd I have think. to like pout. Like he'd have to be like really uh, just missing Sambor, which is entirely possible. Just uh, not be like shooting. And scoring's just gotten that easy for him too. That he just doesn't have to. Yeah, he doesn't have to say I'm going to lead the team in scoring to do it by accident. You know and <laughs> And we, you know, I've talked about this point ad nauseum, but one of the big lessons of the MVP year, I've, years for him, was that sometimes the right play is just, oh, it's they didn't send help and this guy can't guard me. I'll shoot it. Yeah, I'll shoot it. So I, I don't really think there's, there's any way that that happens, actually. I, he scored 19 or fewer 22 times last year. So it does happen. But the mm-hmm. thing is, that's 19 or fewer. You know, for every one of those, he did have single digits. How many times would you guess he had single digits last year? One vote zero three. No. He had three games with single figures. <clears throat> Were they, was it nine points? One was in April, like really at the end of the year. We played 26 minutes, so okay. it was kind of that. But he also against Portland in a 25 point loss had nine points, nine rebounds, nine assists, just shot three of four. <laughs> but that was a blowout loss. I love that it was nine, nine, and nine. Yeah, it's like the most signature. Game. <laughs> and then against Chicago in a twenty-three point win, he had eight point six rebounds, fourteen assists, oh and a thirty to twenty-three point win. Oh my god! Remember when uh, Chicago beat us and the entire company clowned us, and then uh, we won the championship. I hope you're all watching now. That was their championship. Both the Suns <laughs> and the, the, the Bulls' championship was us losing to the Bulls. Oh, so sweet. Uh, I want to get a couple more of these in. Um, who are we rooting for in the World Cup now? I don't want to rehash the thing because we've already talked about it on the various shows, but I was sitting here thinking. I love that the answer is not the U.S. This team is kind of fun, this U.S. team. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah, they're not as hateable as Should usual. We, I mean, like, if we're playing into the argument, all we've been hearing about it, national pride is actually important, which is what the Serbians are telling us, shouldn't by all rights we just vote, we just go for the U.S.? Yes, but consider this. <laughs> what, what if Jamal Murray plays for Team Canada? He he's is. Going to, no, he I is. Know, well, I know that he's, but I'm saying actually plays. Oh, like he's the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Suits up and play. Like, are, are, we, are we behind a Jamal Murray Team Canada run? I feel like we are... The fact that we don't care about international competition says that we have dominated for so long that it doesn't mean anything to us. But also that the U.S. is so broad that it's like not this. But I think that if we started taking L's over and over and over, we'd uh, get to the point where we're like, yes. oh, are, told- we the, are we the best? Do we care? Like Totally. That's how I felt in 2006 and yes, 7, 8, 8. So I'm hoping that we get to the point where it actually does mean something because we're like, come on, man, we need this. Yeah. We need this. But I guess we're probably not there yet. It's probably, it's probably Canada. Um, so I'm going to nominate three different teams here because as I've been thinking about it, I think Can't Team Canada is number one. Like is probably number one, just in that it's Jamal. Like we're rooting for our guys first and foremost. And it's America's hat. And it's America's hat for sure. It's America's <laughs> yeah, hairdo. Totally um, but also they're just kind of an interesting team, you know, with yeah, Shay. They got Nick Nurse. Like I'm kind of curious. But part of me also wants to see if Jamal becomes the guy on that team. I know. Because I kind of feel like you look at it and you go, Shay has the better regular season. You know, like he was averaging all those points and he's a breakout and he's younger and like this or that, all-star. And then you look at Jamal and you're like, yeah, but man, if you told me you needed somebody to win the game for you, I'm taking Jamal. As, and by the way, Shea was like Mr. Clutch last year. I know. I also I'm still think, taking Jamal. I also think, and I know that at this point it's it's peers and not and not just kids that they'd be playing with in Team Canada. But I would expect that Murray now actually probably has more respect from his peers in that regard. Even right. for as SGA is like an unbelievable regular season talent, and the the jury is still out way too early about what he could or couldn't do in the postseason. But. There's almost like a little Kobe thing with Jamal now there of just is. of like forget 
forget the numbers and stuff. The finals happened, and he was unbelievable. The Maple Mama. He was that guy, and <laughs> alongside Jokic, of course. And I do think that getting it done in a sixteen and four run like that, I do think means more than anything than anything SGA has accomplished. Yeah, oh, but for sure. I mean, in the eyes but, of his peers. In, oh, the, in, the, in, oh, in I, terms of the respect. Oh, you think on day one we walk I, in, people I'm are like, hey, Jamal, the, what should we do? Yes. I'm saying if I'm the eighth guy on Team Canada and there's a final shot, I'm like, well, we're giving it to Jamal, right? Yes. Dude, the thing about, SG, or, uh, about SGA is that he's very good. He, the, he is able to put the ball through the net very effortlessly, but he's not a flamethrower, man. Like, Jamal's, like, yeah. gets you hyped. Jamal's, like, screams at the crowd. Like, SGA is just, like, has the most, like, appreciate, like, the, it just automatic shot from mid-range. It just goes in every it's, time. It's like the, the sketch about Prince being good at basketball, you remember? And how he's, like, calmly, he's, like, game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how Shea plays. He's very slow, yeah. methodical, like, and, then he's like in. and then he makes it and just like looks like he's not trying. I feel like he tells you which hand he's going to yeah. left. <laughs> Whereas Jamal is like screaming and just, yeah, just like dude. ferocious. Oh yeah. my god, I'm so glad. You I think it's Team me. Canada. I'll give you another one. Slovenia. We do have our guy Luca. Chanchar, man. Oh, uh, Luca and Chanchar. <laughs> straight to Luca. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, he's the he's the headliner. Like yeah. a, you, we went, you went straight to SGA. I mean, yeah. uh, Slovenia. Well, Slovenia with Chanchar. Like, look, international ch- chalky is a real thing. Yeah. Dude. Also, FIBA chalky. FIBA chalky. Rotation chalky might be a real thing this year. So they told oh. me that we were um, over there. The chalky. We're saying chalky too hard. It's I'm sure chalky. we are. I'm Chucky, sure. Chucky, Chucky. Yeah. It's just right. written differently. Yeah, right. um, I'm, in, I'm with it. Uh, so they are up there, and I'm telling you, I'm so prepared to be all in on Vlaco. <laughs> like after like oh, two me pool. too, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, are you why kidding? does this guy not play? He just had 24 points. This on is going shots. to be the foundation of every argument that we level against Michael Malone and his yeah. goddamn oh, wait roster decisions. <laughs> What I are know. you doing, Malone? I know, dude. This guy, fire Malone. Fire Malone. Fire Malone already. Uh, we did have Australia with Jack White. It wasn't on my list. Uh, but He's I not was, even a nugget anymore. But I was going to say, the last one here, guys, we're selling him a little short. Get out of here. Selling him a little short. Serbia still has some of our old pals, man. They still have Yaramaz. I know, dude. Yaramaz. They've got, got Jovic now. They've got Poku. Here's They've the, got all of our here's fans. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Now, we know why it happened, but they just lost in the quarters with Jokic. Oh, so, so you, you think know. it'd be weird if they won without him? We can't that, have dude, a Jokic-Ewing theory this is for the Team Serbia. Well, yes, you're right. Actually, if they won without Jokic, oh. actually, whatever. I, I want Serbia to love Jokic, and I don't know. I, I don't want to touch the Serbia thing. I just think we're here, <laughs> we're here, to, we're here to silently support, but I don't... All right, silently supporting, but we might be moving our weight behind <laughs> Jamal this time around just since he's playing. Um, let's take a break. On the other side, I do want to talk about a couple other things here, including Bruce's comments about the Wolves being the toughest series and the Lakers series. I know you guys talked <laughs> about it while I was gone, but vote and I get to chime in on it. And then, I don't know if you guys have been checking out Philly Twitter lately. Phil Twit? There has been a real turn on Joel Embiid in an interesting way. Uh, Very specifically interesting way. Yes, there has been. Yes. I don't know if you guys saw the look of panic on my face for a second. I just remembered who does the reads when Harrison's not here. Hell yeah. (laughs) Shady Rays is dope. Uh, Take on the sun with gear built to last. We all love sunglasses. We all looking good in sunglasses. We hate losing them. We hate breaking them. We hate paying too much for them. That's why I get mine from Shady Rays because when you shop with them, there's no risk. You can exchange a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. Uh, and then let them know if you lose them or break them too. They'll help you out. I went to Disneyland at one point in the last two weeks, <laughs> fellas. And at one point in the last two weeks, I mean twice. <laughs> and I lost my Shady Rays immediately uh-huh. on the Accredit Coaster. And that's no problem. I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to get another pair. Um, Shady Rays Independence Day sale is... Oh, it's not live yet, so ignore that. Just listen to this. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code DNVR for 50% off two plus players of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Yeah. Here we go, guys. This is my favorite part. So good. So Where good. I scroll and look oh, dude, for the read. What's, uh, what's the company? It's BetterHelp. And I found it. You know, there's not much there for you to read. It, it tells us to use our stories. <laughs> did you, have you done this read already? I did it yesterday. Do you want to do it today? It was the one that was nine minutes. It was a nine-minute read. Go <laughs> it's, for it, it's Eric. Yours again. Well, so like, listen, Better BetterHelp uh, is designed to help people with their mentals. You got to worry about your 
mentals, your chicken, and your uh, whatever else Marshawn List told you to uh, pay attention to. But really, that's like, a reference I didn't get. Marshawn Lynch. Well, I got Marshawn Lynch. I didn't get the your part mentals, about his your mentioned. chicken, your whatever. Really, but, um, but the. Truthfully, like it is a difficult proposition to start the journey back to mental health uh, if you find yourself lost, and it's a conversation people don't want to have, uh, and you don't really know how to start it. Like if this is nice, this is a service that you can just use in the comfort of your home. You can just talk to medical professionals, therapists. That you know, it's not weird. There's no stigma. It's just therapy allows you to talk about your life in terms that are larger than your life it allows people to give you perspective on things and sort of allow you to see why you might be feeling a certain way about something it's just healthy to express emotion uh verbally if you especially if you're having problems so and i'll just add also even if you're not having problems sometimes it's just like you want to change careers or you have you yes. know need relationship advice or something like yes. you're at a big crossroads and, and you just and need you somebody you, you can't get a hold of ariana yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you always have that at your disposal. That's why BetterHelp is cool. I mean, they bring the internet, the, the usefulness of the internet now, and connect people with uh, you know professionals who can walk you through those things. And what I like about them as well is you don't just like get, you know, you're always afraid. You get thrown with one. You're like, I don't really vibe with this person yeah. or whatever. You can switch. You can say, sure. you know what? This isn't the right one. They'll try to figure out it and match you with a perfect uh, person to kind of to get with you. So here it is. BetterHelp. Let me give you the the, the number here. BetterHelp. H E L P. dot com slash D N V R. You get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp. dot com slash D N V R. Get ten percent off. All right, guys. First, first, let's talk about Bruce Brown's comments. He went on with Theo Pinson, by the way. Yeah. That, great, great job. Theo Dude, Pinson, I, great at this. I have noted, like Theo Pinson is somebody I've had. My really, eye on for years because he had such incredible sideline celebrations with the Brooklyn Nets. He was the one that was like yeah. doing the leg back and forth that that uh, gif uh, when D'Angelo Russell was on the team. There was just something he was like watching something and like somebody dunked really hard on one of his yeah. teammates. He was like, "Oh God damn!" Yeah. It was really funny to me. So I'm I, I was delighted to find out that he's a has a wonderful personality as well. Yeah, um, but there's two things I want to talk about here. Well, number one. He did have a line in there when they were talking about accolades of who played well. And Bruce interjected to say, don't forget about Mike. And I love this one because your anecdote about those two kind of arguing with each other. Yeah. We talked about yeah. maybe some friction past this or that. I kind of liked Vote that he like went out of his way to be like, hey, man, Michael Porter, too. I, I That was a big thing to me that emerged throughout the playoffs that I really thought Bruce had Mike's back in a outward way that he didn't necessarily feel inclined to explain to us explicitly, and I probably could have done a better job of finding the question, but I think it was just more of something he was always going to do that he's tough on Mike, and you'll see him on the court yelling at him. But I think that's just kind of how Bruce is. And I think Bruce knows Mike can take it, and he expects a lot of him. The D'Angelo Russell comments were really pointed. I know it's a different series. I'm In my mind, I'm, I feel pretty confident they go back to D'Angelo Russell's comments on JJ Reddick's podcast, yeah. in which he called out Michael Porter Jr. as a guy oh, who was an untenable defender, and more specifically, <laughs> the guy who D'Lo never wanted to be in a playoff series. I forgot how many dubs we got. The layers of irony in this is unbelievable. I can't believe uh, I'm telling you, God favors us. Like I don't. I'm telling. Like and then and then and then you're gonna talk us into it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, but so so and then you know Bruce goes on to call Russell not a great defender in that series. So I just throughout the postseason, oh. I thought there were all. All these kind of it's it gets a little bristly at times but i think that was bruce's own way of of it's almost like an older brother little brother thing yeah. and i think he had mike's back the whole way but also they, he's got nothing but wonderful memories now yeah. you know what i mean like he's not in the he's not in, in the middle of it now so you can be like all those guys my I, yeah and like we just did something it's amazing i do like he also said the timberwolves was the toughest series he did also say we should have had three sweeps I'm telling you, when we talk about all the things like, well, who's going to replace Bruce here, and can Christian handle yeah. some of this? I'm telling you, man, I know, I know. all that stuff matters. But the thing they matter is the guy who hops on a microphone is like, yeah, we went 16 and four, but to be honest, should have gone 16 and one. Like, I just love the guy that's like, we should have had three sweeps, not yes. not one. Yes, that level of like, oh, I just love it, man. Yes, I find the people that are most hand wringy about uh, Bruce Brown not being part of. Yeah. the team moving forward or the people that, like didn't watch during the season only watched mm. during the playoffs and they were like this guy is the most 
important part of the Denver Nuggets bench because he comes in and brings energy. He closes games. And I agree. He was incredible. Like, I don't think you can quite replace what Bruce Brown did, but um, like the Nuggets are really goddamn good. The Nuggets are really goddamn good. They are an excellent basketball team. Like their starting five is, you know, I don't care who anybody in the Valley or otherwise added to their team. Like, the cohesion and the way that those pieces fit together is something that you cannot craft. Yeah. About the common itself though. Have you guys thought about that at all? The wolves place as the toughest series. Here's my thought on it. I think it was only the toughest series because the nuggets weren't quite battle tested yet. Mm. They were coming out of their slump. And like, I do think if you reverse the order and for some reason they met Minnesota in the third round, it probably would have been like cleaner. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I also think Minnesota, for whatever the talent deficit was, just was constructed in a way that was going to ask some early questions of Denver. They were always going to pass them, right? But the two bigs thing and then the Walker thing, like they just had some questions they could ask of Denver right away. Uh, That I always expected Denver to get past, but I, I think, I don't know. Sometimes I think it was still the Suns. You know, I know, I know Booker touched God for them to get to, but to me, that was scarier than anything Anthony Edwards did. Well, this is why Bruce is so great. It's because he specifically mentions the Suns and the Lakers is almost dismissively. <laughs> and I, and like, you know, there's probably a little truth to it, but also a little like, oh, come on. I mean, uh, I think that Suns. a lot of the Sun stuff has to do with the construction of the company that you work in. Also, like, yeah, the, the pressure I was feeling personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 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 like yeah. we were way more uh, like aware of the inner workings of the sons and like what it would mean to our personal, like we would have had to call better help, frankly, like had they they lost to the sons. uh, So it felt bigger and scarier, but like when they broke the sons, they broke them into 50,000. They destroyed them. Once they were broken, they were broken. They were unbothered though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They were unbothered, but they also did make a crazy trade. Um, And then lastly on the Nuggets series or Lakers series, you know, him saying it was personal, obviously that went viral last week, but I kept thinking, like, everybody thinks they know why it was so personal. Like, Bruce what Bruce saying, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, like, I don't know, for them it was so personal. And it made me think, like, you would first go to, okay, well, media kept picking the Lakers, right? So maybe that was it. But Bruce was part of that. And Bruce would have understood that. Like, he would have said, it was personal for me, too, because they kept picking him. But instead he said, I can't figure out. Like, for them, almost. Right? That was the way he said it, almost as like they were taking it so personal and I was just had to get in with that. Yeah. So then I kept thinking, could it be 2020? Could it really be lingering? Some people were like, oh, if you know the history of the Nuggets, I don't think Jamal Murray's sitting here thinking about 1986. No. You know what I mean? I mean so they, they beat him in the bubble, basically. LeBron not picking Jokic. I really, I've always said I think that that was LeBron in some ways trying to humiliate Jokic and send a message of like he's not our MVP. Because at that time, Jokic was like leading the MVP. So I don't know. Like, do you guys, do you have a theory for why this was so personal? I do. What? Tristan Thompson was on the team and spent all year trashing the Nuggets, saying that. But he should Bruce be able should have been known that. But I mean, like there were there were personal things that happened, like from that squad, like that were dismissive of the Nuggets, and it also they, you know, they the bubble thing is not that far in the rearview yeah. mirror. Jamal's last series. Yes, so I believe that for Jokic and Jamal. Like that mm. provides the personal, the, like, I don't think it was personal necessarily for Bruce, but I think that like you can sense when people care a lot more right, right. and he's like, Oh, like this is like, a, this is where I like stumbled play no into, games. Like, a, I stumbled into like a family dispute here. Like I got to step up for my brothers. And maybe, maybe we've stumbled into one of the rare shared dynamics between a fan base, a city and a team, yeah. maybe enough years in Denver and the core the the whole mm. take that L on the way out, just general vibe soaked in, man. Yo, I think you're right. Maybe they're just maybe they, they fucking Malone, hate the Lakers. Malone Malone hated them very early. Very early. Like he and didn't not know because connection. of who's in the jersey. Yeah, they hate the jersey. Yeah, there is something about I think like, when somebody it. shows up in the to the on the Red Sox and they're like. I hate the Yankees. And then they get traded to the Yankees. They're like, the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's another layer. Because I think you were probably mostly right. that when you Because you felt this personally, personally. Where you're like, I didn't see it from the outside. But now that I'm here, I get the you're resentment. Like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I so actually absurd. think there's another angle to this. Jokic is unlike other superstars. And that he's better. And that he's better. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like people always... One of the best things about Jokic is it's so 
confusing and ambiguous. You know, how much does he actually care about the stuff? It's just a job, this stuff, but then we know he cares. I honestly think there's a little layer to Yoke, because he was talking about Yoke specifically when yeah. in that clip about like Yoke was talking, like, you know, yeah. this or that. And I kept thinking, Jokic never plays the part of the guy who wants to kill the top dog, but I actually think it's really in him. He just only expresses it through on-court play and through no other way. And I think that was one where he looked around and coming in, it was like, oh, best defensive center versus best offensive center. LeBron, the king versus me, the joker. I just think internally, he never said anything to his teammates. He never let it out. He never did anything. But internally, he was like, I have to kill the top dog. I think there's only one big that's ever really... Maybe this is too strong. Jokic took it personally. I th- that Jokic was ever bothered by. I don't think Jokic was ever bothered by Joel Embiid. I think when Jokic tried to play his game the right way against AD the first few times early in his career and it didn't work, Yeah, I don't think he liked that. And not in necessarily this one-on-one, mano-a-mano, as that's misused kind of way, right. but as Vlatko has explained to us over the years, that he hates when his team loses because he wasn't good enough. And he talked about how that one of those losses to AD inspired the lifting after every game thing and really a lot of the changes we've seen in Jokic since. I don't think he would ever state this explicitly, but I think Jokic maybe wanted to get the better of AD in a way that was not really there with Nurkic, Towns, Embiid, any of these guys, but actually yeah. was with AD. And so maybe beating the Lakers and Davis and dominating meant more to him than we gave credit for. I think it did. All right, let's take another break. On the other side, Philly fans turning on Embiid in an interesting way (laughs) that leads us to wonder, what is Jokic's signature series? How do those things connect? Let's do that on the other side. It's real hot out these days, and everyone loves the summer. The vibes are good, but, you know, comfort can be difficult, and sometimes you're feeling dehydrated. Sometimes you just need a... Just a little wellness check-in. You got to check out IV Nutrition of Wash Park. Say hey to our friends. Let them know DNVR sent you. Talk a little nuggets if you want. That's the best kind of small talk in my humble opinion. Services offered there include wellness, blood testing, and consultations, intramuscular injections with vitamin formulas, express lunch break drip, hydration drips, mega multi, like a Myers cocktail, headache haven, balanced brain, and more stop by their Washington Park location on the corner of Alameda and Downing. Anyone who mentions DNVR when they come in will receive 50% off their first IV nutritional drip. Call 720-259-4404 for more. And another great thing to do in the hot heat of summer is stop by any Illegal Pete's location. Oh, oh man, Jake was eating an Illegal Pete's burrito today. Oh, I, I, I almost know. took a bite when he got up and turned his back. I almost took a giant bite. You, should have done it, you, you have, have to done exert it. dominance on guys like that. <laughs> in, my, in my travels, I was forced to settle for an unnamed, uh, approximate kind of burrito. No. You seemed off when you oh. showed up. That, you know what I mean? That's what I it thought was. it was just like lifestyle choice, no, but now no. it makes sense. No, it's that I didn't get my patio vibes uh, in. So check out Illegal Pete's, order your burrito, order a mark, whatever you get there, do it on a patio, and do it with buddies. Oh. <laughs> Man, there you go. Um, all right, guys. I've been consuming some Philly content lately. I've been consuming some Philly cheesesteaks. Oh, well, there you go. It's kind of the same. Um, real quick, everybody saw this. Another thing that went viral that we missed. But Joel Embiid, in an interview with Maverick Carter, first of all, one light goes out or one little ear brow yeah, perks yeah, up. For sure. In an interview with Maverick Carter, he says, I just want to win a championship, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's Philly or anywhere else. I just want to have a chance to accomplish that. First of all, f- Embiid's like this would have happened to Yoke, by the way, if he didn't win this year. Like at some point, the things, everything turns, and it would have been the same for Yoke if they didn't win this year. They things honestly would have turned. I really believe that, but that didn't happen. Instead, they went 16, 16 and four, ten and one down the stretch. He dominated. He was unbelievable. But Embiid now dropping these lines is not surprising. He's dropped little like. There's a type of player that drops these and a type of player that doesn't. He's the type that does, right? Yeah. I mean, we've always known that he does, <laughs> but then. You start, you know, checking out some Philly people. What do they have to say about all of this? You know, maybe you go over to like, I they're huge fans. Philly they're Twitter. Like, we love the freedom that he is feeling. Like, he can win a championship here or anywhere. We love that for him. Here's a comment on the wildly popular and entertaining Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast that most people know. Big Philly podcast. Somebody comments and says, I always thought Joel was a funny guy, but he's becoming less ha-ha funny and more Dwight Howard funny. Yeah. 
that to me was the most damning thing I've ever read because that is a thing. Like the guy that was fun and lovable, you know, Dwight. Oh, he's so lovable he's to like. Is he just funny? Line. Is he just goofy now? Is he actually not funny and just kind of a yeah. little bit goofy and annoying? And I gotta say, man, I think it's too harsh. Philly's going too far the other well, direction. That's, by the way, Philly it doesn't take <laughs> it doesn't much. Take you much. go from hero to zero real but quick. But my God, is that uh, a painful blow? It is Dwight Howard. It's that's tough. That's a tough line. It is it's tough. A great like, line. There's nothing worse. There is nothing. I personally, for me, like, there's nothing worse than like somebody whose entire humor is built into like a costume. Yeah, and yeah, like, oh, yeah. Hey, look, I'm uh, for Halloween. Yeah. You're like, okay, calm down. Like, right. Or uh, fart jokes. Right. He's the guy that like his teammates <laughs> yeah. hate because he's always farting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, Bad stuff. Like now the locker room just smells, dude. Like yeah. that's the thing with Dwight. <laughs> they're like they're not funny. They're just gross. The other thing too is because didn't he? I feel like I'm, I think you might have missed this. I apologize if I missed you not missing it. But I think he said, "Oh, I was just trolling." He got he went online and he was like, "Oh, of course, no, I was, of course I was just was. trolling." Which is, I think Matt pointed out, it's like the new "I was just hacked." You know? <laughs> just you know, Josh, like, oh, I was just trolling. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. It's a, yeah, tro- something that was like very on point with my life. Uh, uh, that's clearly what I'm thinking about. A joke, troll. But this is this is this is what happens in Philly. It falls apart. The well gets poisoned. And it does. Both sides now will continue to take shots at each other until this is an irreparable relationship, or they win a ring. But I have my bets on which one happens. All right. Now here's an even more demonstrating, or equally as demonstrating clip, courtesy of the host of Rights to Ricky Sanchez, Spike Eskin. My message to Joel Embiid is this. Yes, the team in a lot of ways has failed you in surrounding you with a team that can win a championship. But what is also true is that in your entire career, you have not been healthy during one playoff run. You do not have one playoff series, you could say, that is Joel Embiid's signature playoff series. And for all of the shit that we talk about other players, Jokic specifically, being Defined by advanced stats, our big bragging point for you in the playoffs is the plus minus when you're on the floor and off the floor, which is total loser bullshit on our end. I understand that you are unhappy, but the truth is is that you are as big a reason that the Sixers have not advanced past the second round as anybody else. My First message of all, to Joel Embiid is this. Yes. I, the team and a lot so good. I think he is so good. His delivery and all this the stuff, he's very creative. And also, like, in a weird way, he trolls. And Nuggets fan, I'm I just think. trolling, just trolling. Well, no, but he really does like enjoy just like making other fan bases pissed <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, and yeah. like, obviously, Denver has been like the, you know, the target. But I will say this that is a very honest take. That is a very honest take, and I love it. First of all, the advanced stats part, like our best thing we can point to with Embiid right now is the on-off differential of the playoffs, which so is like, good. which I love, which is definitely a fair thing, but also like loser, as he calls it, loser bullshit. But the thing that really caught my attention was, does not have a single series you could point to and say that was his signature series. And you want to know something? He's right. He's right about that one. The one thing that I took most from that clip though is that he can't stay healthy that's why like he's not healthy at the and because he's decided that the best way for him to play is to fall down every <laughs> single time down the basketball court and he he gets hurt every year so he's like not himself when it comes to the playoffs he can't have a signature series because his entire game is predicated on beasting people and then the low light reel of this year of him falling did you see that so it's long shameful <laughs> It's like you have to have Shameful. Twitter blue to post all the falls. <laughs> what? Like he's got to get that out. Of his, he's got to get that out of his game. Like he plays. It's such a soft brand of basketball when it comes to times when it matters. Vote. Do you though? Because I don't hate Joel Embiid. I even though even though he is like our adversary sure. just because we're Jokic guys. But I will say, I watch all of this and I shake my or nod my head. Like yeah, I agree. But also I'm kind of like, oof, these are painful truths. They are painful. Oh man, Matthew just snuck it in before I could in the chat. I was you could argue his signature series was losing to Trey Young and the Hawks, but I other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing, Matthew. Yikes. No, I mean it's it is it is harsh, actually. And it is what Philly does. And it is <laughs> it is so the true. very small element to I think he lost it pretty quickly, but if Ben Simmons had any case for high ground or sympathy, it was along those lines. Like Philly turns on you in a heartbeat. I will also say this. 
Embiid is hardly a sympathetic figure. Like that's the point. He that, did. Yeah. He did not have to say or anywhere else. How hard no, is it I to know, say? I, I just want to win a ring. How hard is it to say but, that? But but even that, like, I keep thinking about this. One of Jokic's true. I do try to like learn things from Jokic. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds weird, but like you learn things from sports and you apply, try to apply them. One of the things about Jokic that's so impressive is that he's simultaneously the best player in the world mm-hmm. and constantly and consistently brilliant but also somehow always leaves enough space for everyone else to shine. Right. And I do think there's something too. You can't blame Embiid for Joel Embiid or for, for Ben Simmons. You can't blame him for that. But at the same time, I do wonder if like, was it in some ways inevitable that there was only, I mean, that trust the process was a team thing that mm-hmm. Joel Embiid nicknamed himself. That's such a great take. Oh my God. You know what I, I mean? take a lap. <laughs> so I just wonder a little bit of this. Again, I don't want to blame him for Ben Simmons. I don't want this to get twisted, but I do kind of wonder like, oh, and now it's Harden. And I said this all along. It was the co, it was Doc Rivers. Sure, sure. And it was always somebody else. And part of me wants to go, maybe there's just not enough oxygen in the room. Yeah, I think there is something to that. But again, I can't get past the fact that he's never healthy in the playoffs. We don't know what he's able to achieve if he's the Joel Embiid we saw midway through the year that like was a monster against Jokic. Like he wasn't that guy when it came down to the playoffs. I have basketball reasons for that though. Embiid, even in that one, I famously talked about in that game where he scored what forty nine points or something, forty seven, had six attempts inside the paint. Oh, I completely agree. And just in the playoffs, it's like you got to do something else, man. These jumpers or whatever, you got to have other ways to to be able to impact. And I just feel like he, in the playoffs, you always get something taken away. Like teams can take something away. Um, But it made me think more interestingly: what is Jokic's signature playoff series? Because. In, I thought it was a fun exercise. Yeah. And then there are lots of candidates. That's what's kind of cool yep. about it is there's actually multiple. But I'll start with you, Vote. At the top of your head, what is his signature series when you say Jokic playoff series you think of? I go right to the Lakers. I go right to the Lakers in, in this past title run. Yeah. And the shots. The shots, which are, you know, sometimes that stuff is going to be what stands the test of time. More so than going through any individual series it, numbers. That's exactly. It gets uh, distilled down to just a moment. By the way, his numbers in that series are effing insane. Oh, do you mean 28 yeah, points, yeah, yeah. 14 and a half rebounds, right. 12 assists? So maybe back 28, 15, and 12? Uh, where he was, so he was utterly dominant. It was the head-to-head matchup. It's the name face value of doing it against the Lakers, LeBron, Anthony Davis. All eyes on that series. He has the moments. He has the shots where you have Anthony Davis shaking his head and laughing because there was nothing he could do. Yeah. And then it's a sweep, you know? <laughs> it's a sweep. It's a sweep. sweep. And then there's the, which we think the players have tapped into a little bit. Every Denver fan will tell you it just means more when it's the Lakers. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's the definitive answer. There are moments in a lot of playoff series. There's uh, the game winner against the Jazz there when he finally got over uh, Rudy Gobert. The Portland that, series where he was basically a one-man band. A lot you of know? that. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things, but I mean, when I... The thing is, when you think back to this championship run, probably the first image I have is Jokic making that insane shot against Anthony Davis. Like, that's the one image I see circulated more often than any I'm other. with you. And I think that that's going to be the thing that people... Because, again, yes, like you're saying... You know, in history, as things echo, like the details all fall away. And what are we left with? Like, we're going to be left with that image forever. And mm. it's, and <laughs> it was a sweep, as you so astutely, <laughs> astutely pointed out. And it has put the Lakers into a tailspin. It's beautiful. And on top of that, coming out of that series, it was so definitive who the best player in the world yep, was. That's, yep. that's and it. going into it, even though I would argue that the series before actually was when the tide turned on Jokic, yes. it was because he had a great first round. He put up 26-12-9. That's a, against Rudy Gobert and Carlton T. Townsend was the best player. And people were starting to be like, all right, we were too harsh on Jokic, like right. whatever. But then when you go into God. the next series against Phoenix, listen yes, to the numbers. The season was a dream. Really Everyone apologized to us. But listen, but, <laughs> but listen to the numbers in the Phoenix series, guys. By the way, the Phoenix series, which we are saying, was not the definitive series for him not i know 34 and a half points a game <laughs> 13 <laughs> rebounds 10 assists he averaged okay it's that one <laughs> averaged a 34 point triple double and he shot listen to the shooting splits on this one guys 59 and a half percent from the field 44 and a half percent from three yeah the, he really took it to the <laughs> 
<laughs> wait, 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 wait. It gets better. We have to go game by game on this one, you guys. Like, we have to go you through. Really took it to the we sense. have to go through the game log because the games are absolutely. And this, again, the series we're saying was not it. Game one, he has 24 points, 19 rebounds, five assists, and was a plus 19 in a blowout win. So that was his worst game 24 and 19. Terrible. Let's go to game two. 39 points, <laughs> 16 <laughs> rebounds, five assists. They win that one. 39. Game three, they lost. 30 points, 17 rebounds, 17 assists. Yeah, that's when 30, 17, and 17. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, go to the next game. They lost that one. 53 points. <laughs> 53. <laughs> I forgot, dude. I you forgot, forgot that he had 53 in the loss. Oh. Then the next game, 23, 13, and 12. He goes 12 of 20 shooting. 53. And then he had 32, 10, and 12 on 13 of 18 shooting. Every damn game in that series was a masterpiece. Would have been most Hall of Famers. Best game ever statistically, and that wasn't his best series in our eyes. It it's was. Unreal. It was also. I, there's the two games in there, were two and a half games where all anyone understandably wants to talk about is Devin Booker, and then the dust settles, and who was actually better? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. And I mean, it's not even close. The team that won. Uh, no, but I'm saying, no like, the Yo- player wise. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Jokic was a significantly better player in a series in which for two and a half games, Devin Booker looked like the best the player to ever pick up a The ball. difference was in that series, Booker touched God and Jokic was touched by Devin Booker because he is God. Phrasing, what? but I think I like that. I got to rewind that before him. I can... <laughs> really, really touched him. I'm already on... I'm already in shaking around that Keith plan thing. Um, I think that the, the, the thing is that um, we're not talking about his best series. We're talking about his signature. Signature, right? Series. There is a difference there. That's a great take. He is just like that was. I mean, statistically, like they, there was the game where he played like fifty, or like three hours straight right. against Portland. Like <laughs> yeah. he's had moments yeah. all throughout, which have been incredible. That series was an absolute masterclass, as you just astutely pointed out. But it doesn't. It just doesn't ring the same in your head because the the games weren't that good. Yeah. It was either like somebody. Yeah, Especially the last of, two, yeah. it was just like, okay, they're they're dead already. He's like, clowning him. He's clowning him. Yeah. Like we're not that fifty three point game that they lost. Like that was great, um, and it was great that it like made everybody. Sh- that was the the series that where everyone shifted the narrative. And they're like, especially that because, was the Phoenix series because, was where everybody was well, like because that's when Embiid didn't make it out of the right, second round. Right. So it was like, oh, this there's one guy that does this. There's another guy that does that. Um, but then. You know, just all eyes on the Lakers series, all of the narratives, all of everything, literal uh, ESPN analyst who raised two hands to say that the Lakers would beat the Nuggets was (laughs) participating in the series. And Jokic just did things that nobody could. You just couldn't wrap your head around it. It like broke the Internet. Like people had to, to look at themselves like, does he do this all the time? This is like when people like were definitively watching for the first time all eyes on Jokic and he was doing things that we are accustomed to but literally don't make sense to the to the casual onlooker we had the best time ever this year I swear to god we are the best uh Jamal Murray does he have a signature series I think yes as well I think there's an easy one for this really Mm, go ahead Utah it's gotta be it's gotta be Utah he head to head with Mitchell and also by the way I know Jokic redeems himself and hits that shot and was ultimately amazing that series but let's not kid ourselves game three probably the nadir and the Jokic experience uh, there it is take a drink folks the nadir so but Jamal was as you have put it so eloquently in the past, Eric, Michael Jordan in that series. That, he will. That's right. So I think <laughs> no, I no, think, no. I said better than Michael. Oh, by the Jordan way, by did. the way, it's it's the the sliding doors, twenty twenty hindsight here of what are we talking about if Jamal Murray doesn't save that series? Like right mm, now. Yeah, you're right. right That's now, the biggest sliding door ever. A very different timeline, probably. He had two fifty point games. He had another forty point game. He shot, and this is I'm not joking. 55-53-92. LOL. 50-50-90 <laughs> in a series. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, was the most dominant Jamal's ever been. Like everything since then has just been like us wanting to get that back to that place. <sighs> I kind of feel like he was though, man, in this year's playoffs. He was. He, he was, wasn't, but it wasn't that. that. Like, like that, yeah. he was that duel with Donovan Mitchell was. I mean, that was the best playoff series I think that you'll ever see. It, I don't think you can have a better playoff series. Yeah, and I think unless you add just the 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 gravity of it being later on, but like just two teams just going at it and it coming down to the last shot that yeah. bounced off the back of the rim, unbelievable. And I think Jamal, 
what Jamal just did was had a better playoff run than he did in the bubble by a lot. And it's yeah. not just because of the ring. Like, if you had to just look at it, he was consistently great in a way he actually and wasn't. in more ways. In the bubble. Right. But but if you boil it down to just one series, the Utah series is it, man. He was... he That... We will maybe never see anything like that no, again. Dude, it was unbelievable. The next closest one, though, to me is this. Also, the Lakers series. So he has Murray, Murray has two fifty forty ninety playoff series in his <laughs> in his career. <laughs> one was the Utah series, and the yeah. other one was the Western Conference Finals this year, where he averaged oh, yeah. thirty two six and five. And again, Jokic being so transcendent, you know, disguises the fact that Murray was also transcendent, having right. a fifty forty ninety series in the Western Conference Finals while scoring thirty two and a half points a game. Dude. So I think that one is close, and he also had some big-time moments in there. But that's Jokic's signature series. I, I Another sneaky series for Jamal that uh, maybe doesn't stack up to the Utah, but it still was so meaningful to me is that series against uh, the Spurs. The first time that they actually got out <laughs> of the first round, and it took yeah. – they got – beat down pretty badly in game one yeah. and they were down and it looked like they were going to go down 2-0 in their own building and then Jamal went crazy in the fourth quarter he showed us for the first time that was the first image of playoff Jamal that we ever had it was like so heartening and so impressive and I was like and like from that point on I was like oh this guy's got and he got it he keeps doing it over and over Jordan Scott mentions that in the finals he averaged 10 uh, assists a game which was huge I will say with Jamal in games three and four in particular Jamal was so ready for the moment. It almost was underwhelming because of how easy he made it look, but it was really difficult in that it showed I have to do things differently. Remember, they were going to force that right. two-man game. Like He had to find a way to get it to work, and he did not just get it to work, but like dominated with it. My last one for you guys is what about the Nuggets as a whole? Do they have a signature series in this era? I'm going to say the finals because it's... It... <sighs> They're so easy. Yeah. I mean, a part of me, there's a version of this answer or this question rather where it's the Lakers series. Yeah. And I think we all understand the weight of it. But then there's the bottom line of none of that matters if they go on and oh. don't win the finals. What a suck. The first ever finals, NBA finals, and they win. And they win in convincing fashion. And despite a little hiccup in game two, well before the dust settled, everyone really knew who was going to win that series. And so it was a crowning moment. It was a it was a culmination event, and so I think it has to be that because the Nuggets have never won before. I missed the premise. Nuggets as a team Nuggets. in the yoga chair. What's their, their signature, signature game? series? Series, I mean. Lakers. I do. I agree. It's the Lakers. I, think, yeah. I think it's, it's the Lakers. They swept them. They swept them, and they broke them, and they broke. Yeah. With with You're that, right. like once the Lakers series was over, it was over. Yeah. Like this was the same thing that happened. Thank you guys. Are when right. I was in Boston, I witnessed the Boston Red Sox come back come back from. Down that was their three one. They beat the Yankees and then they beat some other team I don't even in the World Series. Who it was. Doesn't matter. Who yeah, cares? I think right. it was St. Louis. Who cares? Sorry. Um, <laughs> but that was it was. <laughs> I cried. I was I was a wee child. I cried. <laughs> yeah, but like that the dam had like it was over at that point. It was like, yo, this team is different, and all of the demons have have been exorcised, and we don't have to think about this anymore. The Lakers are no longer and unbeatable monolith right, right. they're a team full of old guys yeah. and they could be beaten all right let's take a break we're gonna have a super short final segment which is the headline topic of the show today but we have to do it whatever brightest time clickbait dude Click crashed bait. my scooter the almost the other day and i almost called bacchus and shanker but then i remembered it was entirely my fault you however still see yourself, in other situations where you get hurt and it's not your fault bacchus and shanker are there to help they win for colorado families they've been winning for those who have been seriously injured in colorado for more than 25 years and the best part is that they do not charge you until they've won for you no fee to work on your case no fee to speak with them there is no fee until they win your case and they've won cases they've won over a billion dollars for the clients here in the great state of co and now they have more locations serving all over the state including neighborhood offices in denver aurora englewood and fort collins bacchus and shanker at the strength of power to win your case Call them 222-2222 to yeah. find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker, they win. Now, even your crumpled state underneath your little scooter, you could have dialed two over and over. Um, I thought about it, but again, I can't stress <laughs> this enough. It was entirely 
It was entirely. Yeah, my we know fault. that. We know that. You lost your sunglasses the second you entered uh, Disneyland. We see a pattern of behavior here. Anyway, off, off you go. I'm a mess, but <laughs> when I feel like I'm at my best and I feel like I'm doing everything the right way, is when I'm placing my bets at Bet365, 80 million users worldwide, uh, live streams, 780,000 events each year. Proud Dude, partner of the Colorado Rockies. You got to download Bet365. It's a great place to uh, place bets on any sport, any event, like your Denver Nuggets, like Summer League, like whatever your basketball fix is. Uh, build a parlay today. Get a parlay bonus of up to 70% on your parlay. It's available across most markets. Must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER, Bet365. Uh, look, it's... It's uh, they're here. They're in Colorado. This is one of the premier places to bet and win in the world. And Coloradans can get in on this action now with Bet365. Download it, sign up, place a bet, and win. Let's go. All righty, let's do an updated hot box and hot takes. Really, the brightest timeline. Um, you don't know that we got a championship under our belt. I keep thinking this. Now Nuggets have it, man. We got to create. We got to move the goalpost. I'm gonna. We have to start my, MJing like. I don't like how that guy looked at me. Yeah, yeah oh, totally. We're, we're like, George Carl didn't buy us dinner that one time. Yeah, we oh, got so Motivation. True. We're going to be finding old slights. We will have no <laughs> shortage of them. I, honestly, everybody. I was just like, oh, thank you, man. I know, we need Perfect. This. And then you even do the contenders. And people were like, I don't know. Did they do enough this offseason? It's like, I don't know. They went 10 and how, 1 down the did, stretch. Uh, never mind. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, so obviously Dynasty is the next brightest timeline. Now and it, you do get to move to this. I think repeat. You want to go one step at a time. We don't skip steps and route to a dynasty, no. but you do want to get there. I will say this. I kind of want, in my own sick way, I kind of want the Nuggets to be in position to where people start talking about the worst three-peat of all time. Oh, be the, so easy. I want the worst the three-peat. Easiest Are three-peat you kidding of all time. me? I like, oh, of all the teams that have three-peated, I feel just feel like, I feel like the Nuggets' three-peat was really more like, I think there were repeats that were better than that three-peat. I mean, the best part is going to be they have the cases that it's mathematically the lowest aggregate seed total. Against oh, a please. But it's only because the Celtics keep blowing it in the conference finals. And then people start using like, people start using the like the combined PER. Yeah. Of, they're like bringing in VORP and stuff uh, to argue against the Nuggets. Oh, it would be so great. That's, that's what I'm saying. The only argument you that's have what I'm saying. The they're going to go box plus minus on everybody's ass. It's going to be great, dude. I, I just want to get into that spot where it's like, I just don't know. If you combine all the dynasties ever, I just feel like they're last. And it's like, oh, hell yeah, man. This is the best. Worst dynasty ever. (laughs) Like, are the 2008 Celtics their one title worth more than Denver's three? In some ways, yes. I just think of the Mount Rushmore players, Jokic is the worst. He's the worst. He's the fourth best. Well, we, I mean, we created the golden era. Like, we really believe the NBA is in its golden era. Our era. Yeah, dude. Not theirs. Finally. It's our era. Finally. And I do think that, look, the biggest dub would honestly be for this to be referred to, not just by us and by people watching this and Nuggets fans worldwide, but it actually to be just known as the golden era. Oh, yes. Like, the way we talk about the 90s or we talk about the Showtime era, Magic and Birth, it's like, oh, and then there was the Golden Era. Bro, you listen. What you, was the Golden Era? No, you I mean, mean the not, Nuggets listen, like, decade. I, I told uh, Zach Lowe this. I've told anybody that will listen that we are stealing gold. We are going to make this a thing. Golden Era, use it all the time. I want exactly what you're talking about to happen. For it to ring throughout yeah. the history of the NBA, we refer to the Golden Era when the Nuggets came in and they just took over. And we talk about now, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like that was the Warriors, blah, blah, blah. And then they just, you just forget a whole block of time. You're like, that was the no, Nuggets. And then we go full coastal mode. We go back in time and we claim the years that Murray was hurt. Let's oh, go. oh, are you kidding? We already did it. No, 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 no. Hold on, Let's hold on. First go. of all, first of all, no, we don't. Everyone does. Everyone. Everyone. The way so, you're talking about Jordan, well, he went and played baseball for two well, years. Like, they, I mean, they probably would have won at least seven, oh. if not eight. Like most, some people will say eight, and if it's the Nuggets, get credit for that. Dude, this by everyone else. First off, can we just say that the, the brightest timeline that actually t- transpired outside of the, you know, the MVP and the championship kind of made it sweeter though. People started arguing on our behalf. Oh, yeah, totally. We yeah. spent our whole lives arguing like you guys are jerks, and other people are like, "Yeah, we were jerks." We're like, "What? <laughs> you admitted that you were a jerk? No one ever does that." So you and I are the original hot box and hot takers. We we started this whole the thing. Keep you know, you're the keep. <laughs> we're the keep. <laughs> no, the hot box and hot. It's takes. Not what it sounds like, mom. <laughs> 
actually. Um, <laughs> but part of the hot box and hot takes is that we've always pushed the goalposts a little bit further right. so that there's something to chase. I honestly think the furthest, and I this one I don't buy happening. A lot of these other ones I do buy, but one of them that we can now utter is it's on the table that Jokic can be the greatest player of all time. It's on the table. And again, at this very moment, that seems so far away, and I know people will want to clip this, and they're going to want to do, I can't believe you guys take it too far. I'm not saying it's happened. I'm just saying, at a certain point, that enters the conversation and becomes this. What are we supposed to do? It becomes this. (laughs) And I'm just saying it's on the table that the brightest timeline includes Jokic forever being included in the greatest players of all time list. One of the top reasons they should not have let the Nuggets win the title this last year (laughs) is that it happened just in time for Jokic in the stage of his career and his age for this to still be on the table. Still on the table, baby. It is still on the table, man. This is when the greats start going on their role. He is certainly on one of the greatest runs of all time, and I think those who watch closely feel like more, more is to come. Well, the reason why I love this one, and I do think you just framed it well, is that these used to be like maybe he wins an MVP. Right. Sam's so dumb, though. Back then, like, come on, man. We're and pushing MVP. it too far. Come on, MVP. And then even the stuff where, like, okay, it's us with Andy Bailey, and, and we're doing a pod, and we're top 20. Yeah, all time. That seems a little high. And these are all cold now. And so, like, no, do I think Jokic will be the best player of all time? No. I would bet against it. I would bet against it. But what's left? <laughs> Let's just put it on the board. Brightest timeline. It's the what, brightest timeline. What's left? Um, I have another one that's a fun one, and I've we've uttered this one right after the championship. Jamal Murray becoming the Kobe Bryant. Instead of just Jokic's running mate, he becomes a guy that's like, no, he also could have been the number one guy. Only they don't fight and break up. I want Ooh. them to be I want him to be in a place where people are like, you're gonna see a lot of Kobe in Jamal's game. That's what I mean. But, but this is what I'm saying. Is he's that, not a Kobe. Like Kobe is a Jamal. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see what you're saying. No, but Jamal becoming an icon yeah. to me is also part of what would make this so dope. If it goes from like, is he the greatest player to never make an all-star team to like, we were so dumb. Well, this guy's one of the best players. Oh, he's a top yeah. 50 player. Whatever. We've already, we've already, we've already tasted that sweet, sweet nectar. The Jokic conversation is so definitively over now, perhaps in a way I've never seen something settled. Never. It's just done yeah. that we can almost set our eyes to like, I don't even care. Are we Murray? We have to Murray stand now? Well, no, because it goes back to the duo thing. We started talking about oh. this year that we just talk about top Jokic duo. and Murray. It's yeah. not even about who was better. It's just Jokic and Murray. Yeah. And so I was going to say this. I want Murray to get the next finals MVP. And I know that makes it harder for Jokic, greatest player of all time. All right. But uh, I, I like this idea <laughs> we have of... to pick our most delicious path. Yeah, just, <laughs> but I love this idea of that it's like you think of the Denver Nuggets, you think of those two guys together right away. Yeah. I love it. I just, I re- For me personally, though, it is the idea of like Kobe became... He was early on because he played for the Lakers and he had this prestige. Like he became an icon. And like Jokic... Everybody knows he's great the same way everybody knows Shaq is great. I just think it would be cool if Murray, he's more able to soak up the iconic portion of superstardom. Right. Where like all of a sudden Murray is the guy, like the way Steph Curry is the guy all kids aspire to. I just think it's on the table because Murray has got the three-point shooting of not quite to a level of a Steph, but he's got the three-point shooting, which is obviously very attractive. But he's also got the footwork, all the different stuff. That it would just be dope if two, three years from now, Murray is the guy all the kids want to be. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially, yeah. by the way, all the kids in Canada, going back like full circle to what we were talking about to start the show, I think that's the that's the thing. Like They just watched a Canadian play like that right. in the finals. That he can be legendary. Dude, are we going to be Canadian guys now? Like We might have to be. We're like Serbian nationalists. Like, Dude, we're, gonna we're people of the world, man. Uh, MPJ's arc. <laughs> For me, it's just like I've written – I haven't written off MPJ, but MPJ in my mind kind of like I feel like I know what he's going to be. But, sure. you know, he does have – he did at one point have superstar talent. For me, that would be the brightest timeline. What if MPJ actually does grow into be all of that to where he could be a series MVP at any given moment? And we've never – I don't know what best big three we've ever had where all three guys are stars. Like in the league? Ever. All time. I'm saying all time. I'm saying there's 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 been like great play like the third wheel, but the third wheel is always Dennis Rodman or, you know, a guy that just does a role. But what if it was just like, no, this series MPJ averaged 30. That one Jokic did. That one Murray did. Like that's the brightest timeline. If MPJ's – Denver becomes the first actual big three where all three guys oh kind of God. could be – 
the guy depending on what was needed. So like MPJ has to outshine Chris Bosh by. Chris Bosh became a role player though. That's the point. He had to no rebound. Well, yeah, I know. They're, the third wheel. I'm trying to think of who's the best third wheel on a championship team. It's like Ginobili who came off the bench and stuff. Probably Rondo. No, it's one of the Warriors guys, depending on your perspective. Except for those guys were still role like Clay, Clay got and you're right. Maybe it is more he's just like Clay. But I don't know, man. I mean, that's the thing. There's this there some of this is no longer an MPJ question and just the natural division and the limits of that division, right? Of of utility and and usage in a five man game. So I don't it is it's, really it's hard. Exactly you it. can't like, really have three superstars. Phoenix can't. is gonna try, they'll probably run up against a limit or a wall of some kind. Like, hey, it's your turn to shoot now, Beal. Why? I don't know, because you're the third one. But I do think there's a version of it maybe where he's drip, where he's just more involved in a way that feels less like, oh, it's found money in the pocket and more like this is... There was a there was a point in the Wolves series where he put two games together where the conversation around the league was, holy shit, this is Denver's third option? Yeah. And if we can get that for I like know. a month, it's just going to feel... Bro, I, I really feel like... Unless there is like one of the top two take some time off for one reason or another. I just don't, I just, it's the rainforest and the canopy is up top and like all the plants down below, they only get so much sunshine and you can't, you can't shine without the sun. So I don't, I just don't think that there's enough air for all three to, for him to like get to that place. In cue that out, Trimishik, Alyssa. Um, the last one I was going to say, but Michael Malone talking about getting tat, you know, getting that tattoo. I do. Th- somebody made the joke about him looking like Birdman by the time the Yoka chair is over. Oh it would be dope if he just started getting tattoos and it actually became a thing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he just keeps getting tattoos and they win seven. Diamond Mike. He's did. just got a whole sleeve. <laughs> Every year is a unique one, and he has Go- he's, Golden Mike. At what point, like you win one title, you're kind of unassailable, right? But when do you become for real unassailable? Like Pop can say weird stuff. Yeah, Phil Jackson right. can get sage in a locker room and do right. dumb stuff because he won so much. It's like, well, I'm yeah. not going to question him. With Malone, like, you win like three. I feel like Malone can just be whatever Dude, he wants. Dude, he turns back into. I'm saying he wants to regress back to his Queens upbringing yeah. more than anything. We saw it in the parade. He's going to start doing every like every <laughs> press conference. He's going to glasses that chain on and just be like. Yeah, forget about it. He gets, he gets 86 from Candlelight. Yeah, we like, never find the story. He walks, he starts bullying his players and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. I can't wait for it. Nugget's brightest timeline just keeps getting brighter. Man. Uh, just keeps getting dude, brighter. Dude, it's so bright. We need some shady rays. Also, bright. Being back with the fellas. Oh, what a treat. 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 Oh. Back in here. Feeling the vibes. Back with you guys. Everybody do us a favor. Hit that like button for us. It's only Tuesday. We got three more oh, of these wait. coming up for you. Do we have a you. super chat? Do we have super chats? I'll do us so quick. I'll go, I'll go so quick. Cam Buckets, the Nuggets, are not going to repeat. What? What? They're going to four-peat. Thank you, Alyssa. Won't they repeat before they four-peat? Oh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. You know what? <laughs> See you guys tomorrow.